that game is not a one-star game. That is a game that is a one-star game for them because that is not the game for them. That is not right. the type of game that they want to play. They want a Scriven. <laughs> they want a Scriven. <laughs> Every- My Scrivening is much greater than yours. I would, like, I would like this to become a meme on the internet. Um, listeners, please make this happen. I want to, like a month from now, I want people talking about it. Like It's one of those damn Scrivening games. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to become a word that enters, put it on Urban Dictionary. And what, yeah, what just, do uh, good and decent people do with scrivening games? They would prefer not to play them. There it is. <laughs> well done, Bartleby. Brilliant. Thank you. That is approved. Episode 379. It's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy. Oh my. <laughs> I'm Mike. Oh my. <laughs> I'm Craig. Oh my. <laughs> and here we are. Oh my. If your name was Pi, then you would be Pi-O-Mai, which is the name of Tony Soprano's horse. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't that the name, Pi-O-Mai? That was, that was the name. Yes, it and was. He bought, was it just him, or did he buy it with somebody? Oh, boy, I don't know. Because I, I remember there being altercations oh, the, the with Ralphie had, Cifaretto. <laughs> the horse had people. I remember <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Speaking of having people, that horse had people. That's true. So I don't horses, know, you might just be thinking of the horse's people. It's possible. <laughs> Racehorses often have people. Sometimes they have friend goats, too. Is it goats? Other animals sometimes? Because horses get lonely. Some do. They so have, they buy, they buy they, them. They get, they like get, they them, get like them a, a little, pet goat. A little pet, yeah. They get, they get the horse. <laughs> a friend. But uh, maybe maybe our guest has heard about that. Let's talk to him and see if... He's familiar with horse goats. The slogger of two who was drunk as a rule and fighting, fighting Bill Tracy from Dover. Hey, Jim. Hello. Piomai is actually Ralphie's horse. Ralphie's horse. But Tony fell in love with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He starts, he, it's one of those passive aggressive things that Tony does with like, I love this horse. It's like yeah. a horse. And Ralphie's like, what are you talking about? It's an investment. And then, and then okay, spoilers, everybody, for Sopranos from 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, and then uh, that's that's what that's part of what sparks off Tony going off on no Ralphie, pun intended. Where Ralphie, Ralphie burns the stable down for the insurance yeah. money, right? Torch it to, to get the insurance money on the horse because the horse wasn't performing and Tony loses it and stuffs his head and hands it to a bowling bag. <laughs> <laughs> After one of the best knockdown drag out fights ever filmed for television. Yep. Yeah, Ralphie didn't go down easy. <laughs> no, yeah. no. That was that was a rough fight. And uh, he managed that. to he managed to keep his wig on through the fight. <laughs> that was probably multiple takes. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. It didn't but, yeah, it didn't come off true. until Christopher tried to put him in the bowling ball bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the joke through the whole thing was they were making fun of him for having a hairpiece. And then in the end, they all got to have, you know, at least Tony and 
Christopher got to have the kind of the silent laugh. We got to laugh with them and be like, oh yeah, look at that. Yeah. As they're putting his bald head in a bowling bag. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbing him by the the nose holes and the mouth hole like a bowling ball and just bloop, just dropping him right in there. That was the the same gag with his character in Goonies. His hairpiece kept getting turned around <laughs> and mushed, moved around on his head. And the, yes, the, the have, older brother kept making fun of him. Does he have a turkey? Does he have a, a hat trick of that? Is there a third movie oh. where, where he's uh he's got the, a the running gag is his hairpiece? Cause cause uh um and I'm I'm blanking on this what's the actor's name? <laughs> I'm blanking. And so uh, are you. yeah. I, I if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. It's oh. a very long <laughs> Italian name. Right? Quick, who can Google it faster? <laughs> I don't know how to spell Cifaretto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Joey Pants. Joey Pantoliano. Pa- yeah. yeah, like like has Joey has has Joe Pantoliano had another role where the hairpiece was the thing. So could you could you watch like the the trilogy of people making fun of him? Because he's because he's he's been you know he's shaved his head for a long time. Mm-hmm. So he's he's always he's in wigs and hair pieces quite a lot. They didn't he they they weren't in, no th- that didn't happen in in uh, the Matrix like he wasn't <laughs> that would make him a a less uh, credible Bad turncoat yeah. traitor villain guy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless everybody on the ship was making fun of him because of if his hair piece, you know he's he's that, in the sh- everybody's everybody's in the Matrix and he's by himself in the nebuchadnezzar and he's getting ready to turn off switch and apoc and he's saying like if you got anything you want to say to the switch or apoc now's the time and they switch it and switch looks at you know looks up and is like not like this and then he unplugs him but instead switch looks up and screams you wear a wig yeah. and then, you know, down, <laughs> down switch goes <laughs> now that would have really taken the pathos out of that moment <laughs> oh jim you got a hairpiece there, Jim? Oh, heavens no. No, I actually got my first haircut in months just last week <laughs> because I've had one barber for 30 years. A man's <laughs> priest, a man's priest, a man's mechanic, and a man's barber are not to be messed with. And I've been going to the same guy, and he was shut down because of the stuff. And he called me two weeks ago knowing what I do because the city of Milwaukee has started to open up a little bit. And he said, how do I open? How do I, you got to help me. So I got him, you know, to the training sessions and, you know, all this stuff. And he, uh, yeah, I got it. I was, I was looking woolly, no doubt about it. So, so he wanted to figure out how, how is the proper way, proper way to go about opening. And rather than looking the information up online, he had a guy. That's right. He did. He did. (laughs) He called his guy, you. And I was happy to be his guy. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. He, uh, well, look, my my guy, or yeah, because he's my hair guy, and I'm yeah. his government guy, <laughs> and uh, my hair guy is seventy years old. So the odds of him being able to do a lot of internet stuff <laughs> were somewhere ranging between slim and none. Yeah, right. I I, I have no idea what that's like with my dad, <laughs> my mom. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you're each other's barter guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We and you know, and, and he was super grateful. And I said, John, just just cut my hair, man. Get it off here. Get it off my head. 
I am done with this right here. And he did. So I'm happy. So yes, I, uh, I do not wear a wig. I will never wear a wig. I do not die. I got to ask as my hair, I'm, I'm pretty gray now. Um, I got asked as my hair started to go gray, dude, are you going to dye it? And I said, what? Is, first of all, I don't have that much hair to dye. Secondly, guys that dye, it's always when you see the guys that you know are give or take 60 years old and their hair is jet black. Yeah. And you're going, uh-uh, not happening that way. God don't work that way. Yeah, it's too much work. I've, I've I've thought about like I've 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 been like oh I should dye my hair like blue or something just because oh I sure can. if you do it on a better for a crazy sure <laughs> but but like to dye my hair back to like my natural hair color and try to maintain that no okay that's a, Craig, lot, that's a lot of work honest question you're you're walking down the aisle you're walking down the aisle of uh, hair club for no not hair club for men that's a hair restorer but whatever it is we use to color our hair with sure your spot could you spot your original color do you think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's my mustache. <laughs> because my mustache is gray. It's gray yang. My mustache is coffee with made, a little cream. We've we've made the chest. <laughs> we've made the joke on, on the last few episodes that I've I'm gray enough all over with all of my facial hair and head hair, except for my mustache, which looks like I drink coffee all the time. And just Ooh. dip it in there. Because it has not grayed a great deal. Okay. <laughs> You, but once the once the can you I'm see looking, it <laughs> sticking my lip out looking down at it i mean i can see it um yeah no i think i'd be able to pick out like roughly that color but the thing about it is too like once you've gone gray for long enough who's gonna call you on it like if you if you if you dye it obviously okay they know you dyed your hair and somebody is somebody gonna look at it and say that's not the color it was like <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> once you've been gray long enough nobody else remembers what color it was yeah but it would bother me you get I it would close. stare I, you, I would stare at myself in the mirror going did I get it no what I would want to do is if I was going to dye my hair a uh, like a a color that looks something like what my hair was um when I was very very young my hair was very very blonde you know and it darkened over the over the years. Um, so I, I do that just to look like, just to be a 50 something, you know, like do this like five years from now, be like a 50 something year old guy with blonde hair. You know how common that is? Sure. Not at all. Right. <laughs> Unless you're an albino. But I want like flaxen blonde, like, like ridiculously yellow. <laughs> not white blonde not like white no blonde. no my hair is my hair yellow, is going yellow. toward white you're already <laughs> there yeah i'm gonna get to that i'm on my way it's uh yeah i want like yellow yellow like like uh like the the tassel on the top of a corn stalk <laughs> <laughs> that yellow <clears throat> let's see Looks completely inappropriate completely wrong for us you know 50 something year old guy Nobody has blonde hair at fifty. Come on, you're nope. going. You're going. Sure to walking don't. down the aisle, looking at the the color names. And you're like, where's <laughs> that? No, where's, where's corn? Can't I don't see corn. Corn yeah, on the corn. cob. That's um, not a thing. Where's seven year old toehead? Yeah. <laughs> no, to to Jim's point Dewey, though. Where's dewy eyed Norman Rockwell blonde? Yeah, you can't. Uh, it never. It'll never yeah, look Nor right. Exactly, no Norman Rockwell, like that really blonde. No matter what. No matter what. Whether no matter how well you remember what your your original hair color was, uh, and and even if uh, you find the one that's closest to it, it's still not going to look right because your hair is not one color. Your hair is multiple colors. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's and and that's too. why no dyed hair ever looks completely natural because it's all it's too much, it's too uniform. Yeah, so that's it's, why it's, that's why yeah. people try to put like highlights and streaks and things in it, and they they do the multicolor thing. But even then, it's too chunky because it needs to be individual hairs, different colors, and they can't. Nobody can do that. Yeah, and actually, I so if I you don't need to... if you don't need to dye your hair, don't do it because you can. You'll never be able to stop. That's right. <laughs> actually, I misspoke as well though when I said towhead because that's that's like hair that's approaching white. That's not blonde blonde. That's like getting to, you know almost where it's almost white when it's that light. And I was curious too. Where, what what does towhead mean? Where is that? Is it is this have something in? Is like is it is towhead like derogatory? Is it like? But it's not. It has to do with uh, toes. Kind of look like t- large, toe. T o w is is flax. Oh, t o w fiber. T o w towhead. It's not t o e like a like a toe on your foot. It's t o w head towhead, and it's. Um, reminiscent of the fiber of flax, hemp, or jute prepared for spinning. It's a very, very pale color. Because that's one of the things you find all the time, too. It's like, I've got this like seemingly innocuous phrase that I've used all my life, and it's like, oh, that's really offensive to somebody. Or it has a, you know, it's, it's born out of murder and genocide. And I'm like, nah. nah. Stupid words. You can't avoid it, so just stop trying. No, just <laughs> use a different word. It's not that hard. I learn new words all the time. Nah, no. Craig's rule. I'm 45. I've done changing. No more changing no, for me. No, no more. No more new words for you. No more new anything for me. No. Okay. So when you write toehead, you got to write it toe because that's what you thought it was. Okay. <laughs> and now you're imagining like a head that looks like a toe with a big nail on it. <laughs> <laughs> a big nail, <laughs> like a toe. T-O-E, oh, yeah. oh, uh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you got a, that guy's that guy's got a toe head. <laughs> For some that's reason, never... I pictured I pictured a giant big toe on some shoulders yeah, with that's an actual exactly what I'm talking with an about. actual like steel oh. nail sticking out of it. <laughs> no, like uh, Jim... like in uh, in uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> you know, Jim, has anything interesting happened to you? We we we've, we're dominating the conversation here with ridiculous stuff. What ridiculous stuff has happened with you? My son. Yeah, uh, oh oh well, your son had a I, I believe. Uh, I, I, I think your son uh, played you pretty good. Gotcha. Gotcha good. Uh, you know. You brought it up. I did. I did. And it's just something I want to make a record of. I did because it's kind of special, to be honest. It's something that uh, is going to go down as a memory. It's been crazy at work, as you might imagine, when a city is confronting a pandemic. It's not easy. And um, we're, you know, we're, we're struggling as every other community is to try to deal with this and, and make sense of it. And my son had since I was, oh, hey, since I was last year, I was reelected in April. So huzzah. Congratulations. Yeah, you get, thanks. You got like 76 votes. I, I did. <laughs> right. I actually only need a majority of the 15. So. Oh, that's right. Because you get elected by the alderman. Yeah, I do. And so that happened. So hurrah. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of one of those, oh, I've been reelected. Hooray for me. <laughs> <laughs> now I get to do this. And I love my job. More. I really do. And and it's funny because you face a situation like this and there are just some days that are hell on a cracker. And uh my son knew it was one of those days and uh we have a ritual where every morning before I head out to work that's when I wake him up during the summertime. And I I wake him up and uh, there he is. He's got a loft bed and so I rouse him from his slumbers. 
and he knew what my day was and he looked at me and he was a little sleepy and he gave me a hug which was really nice and he said dad i know it's i know it's been rough and i know it's been tough but i want you to know that uh wherever you are and uh wherever you go there's there's a little boy who's never going to give you up never going to let you down never going to run away. <laughs> mind you did not play the song no no sang, sang it. it himself <laughs> and he did the dance oh. did he jump up and throw a trench coat on that would have been good that would have been good and i went did you just rickroll me? <laughs> and he said, you'll remember. And as it turns out, I have. I have. So, yes, I got live rickrolled not too many days after my election. He rickrolled out of bed. He, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so, so, yes, I, I got live rickrolled. And, and as I came downstairs to speak to my wife, as I was walking out of the house, I went, yeah, we did that. <laughs> and what was her reaction oh she she was proud she was actually very <laughs> she she was positively radiant in her my, my wife has a an expression that i'm well used to where she just quietly smiles it, it's a half smile it's not a big smile it's a half smile and just nods i i like that the, uh, and then you yes. left and you left and he came down for breakfast and there was a high five uh, yes, I'm sure there was. <laughs> Before they went in, on in honor of, of of being rickrolled in the morning. So yes, I received a live rickroll. That's uh, <laughs> that has definitely been a highlight. So if he's ever going to top that, he's going to have to start corresponding with Rick Astley and become friends with Rick Astley <laughs> <laughs> and arrange. <laughs> for Rick Astley, like <laughs> I couldn't have been more surprised if Rick Astley had come out of the popped out of the closet and started singing at me. And the next thing you know, like he just appears in your house. And it's funny because I posted this, I commented this on Facebook, and yeah, I got a lot of people just, hey, that's funny, haha, uh-huh, because that's the, the point of it. For me, it's a memory. For them, it was funny. But there was a couple people who posted and went, I really wish people would get off Rick Astley. He was really good. <laughs> But I don't know is that we're criticizing Rick Astley. No, he's become it, it's become a piece of pop culture and and Rick Astley himself has accepted it yes. and thinks it's funny. Although the dance is really bad. It's it's basically a modified Caddyshack gopher. <laughs> yes. But I also observed <laughs> that is a little bit. I actually I, I had to go back and look at that video after my son did this to me and I started talking to people about it. I went back and I looked at the video. Is that not A, the same trench coat, and B, the same alley where Bowie and Jagger record dancing in the streets? <laughs> Looking it up. It's the same alley. I'm telling you. Because no two alleys in the United Stop States it. look No, alike. I'm telling what Because they would have set it up because it's cheaper that way. Uh, you know what? It, given that it may be on a back lot for some movie studio, maybe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, we'd like to come on the, you know, universal backlot and use this alley. So, so, which, by the way, you know, the dancing in the street is like one of the worst videos ever filmed. <laughs> well, Peter Griffin has already spoken on that subject, but. Oh, my God, that is a terrible video. Peter Griffin's exact comment. 
that and it's the episode by the way where the school is closed down for them i think it's the goat pox <laughs> sure where the school is closed out and so peter <laughs> has to take over teaching history and so he decides to teach the history of the 1980s by showing that video and because it's seth MacFarlane, he plays the whole video just so you can see it and the cut it just keeps the- going yeah. Is is the the cut is Peter Griffin's face in the camera looking out, going, "That happened, <laughs> and we let it happen." I don't. Think I, it doesn't look like the same alley. No, you're saying no. No, there's there's like white painted brick. That's the only thing that's the same. Rick Astley's right. has these big arches, and and uh, Jaggers and 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 Bowie's have uh, rectangular windows. I like that though. That happened, and we let it happen. <laughs> given, 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 you know that those types of words being used to discuss atrocities. Although, Jim, I'll give I'll give you this: the lighting is the same. Sure, sure, <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Oh, what else? What do we got? Anything? What are we? What are we doing? Where are we at? Was there news? Uh, a little bit, sure. <laughs> What's the news, Craig? Oh, Ian Holm uh. has passed away um, after assaulting a woman and then having his head knocked off by, by uh, Yafit Kodo. Who? <laughs> no, wait, sorry. He that didn't was, really do that. That was his character in Alien. Um, <laughs> that was my introduction to Ian Holm. <laughs> I think I think I don't I don't recall having seen him in anything before that. Um and I saw Alien probably not when it came out but like sometime in the 80s. Um and this was in the days before British actors like you know they popped up in movies you didn't I didn't have there was no BBC America or or TV you know station uh network or, or station that was showing you know BBC TV shows and movie productions and things so like you know to get you had the only way you got a british actor like that was you know in a movie movie but of course yeah also bilbo i imagine jim you've probably what else has ian Holm been in i'm sure he's been oh, in I a mean, billion look, here, things here's yeah where, here's here's my problem and i if problem it be it bugs me a little bit that he's everybody's calling him bilbo not that he's not a wonderful bilbo because he is but his credentials stretch back 50 years. Yeah. And I know him first from Young Winston. Uh, the story of uh, 1973 movie about Winston Churchill's adventures in South Africa and stuff like that. Um, he played he George Buckle. In, he is in probably my favorite telling of the Robin Hood legend, Robin and Marion. Um, and then given probably the first time I would have seen him just given the way my movie going habits went when I was a kid, because I would have been 11 and this would have been a movie my parents would have taken me to see. He's in Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. These are all seventies. Yeah. I'm looking at your, your name and all the, yeah, again, you know, the stuff that actually made it, made it into movie theaters, you know, but I so, love yeah. March or die that he's in obviously alien. And then, probably the place where i realized he was really a good actor because it was a huge deal when i was in high school because i kind of hung out for whatever reason i hung out with the track guys and the long distance guys when chariots of fire came out it was 
I'm not kidding, like the apotheosis. This is the biggest thing they had ever seen because it was a movie about them. Yeah. See, see, runner, see, see, see. <laughs> and when you're night, you know, when you're 14 years old, 15 years old, and highly emotionally insecure, uh, it's a big deal. So yeah, and then uh, so yeah, he was in that, and it was really good. No, just a, a really good, good, good actor. And of course, for those of us that are hard Shakespeare nerds, let us remember his turn as Polonius in um, Gibbs in Mel Gibson's okay Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair way to put it i mean i don't hate it it's not as bad as it should have been that's the crazy part it's not dreadful it's actually okay but then most important i love his fluellen in henry v brano's henry v it is yeah so that was cool. a that was a movie i i had forgotten that he was in there i don't even remember i mean i, I don't remember the movie terribly well other than like picturing Branagh his his read of if the if then the enemy be an ass and a prating coxcomb does it then follow that we should be an ass and a prating coxcomb he's so great (laughs) it's it's his fluellen is so much fun and so yeah man sad but you know what as we were talking about it with my son on the way back from getting his bike you know he he, I, I gather he had Parkinson's disease and uh and uh, passed away, passed away of after a fair amount of suffering. So I hope he, hmm. I hope he found peace. He certainly entertained the heck out of me. So I'm I, I saw Henry V, um, which is a 1989 movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, before you could find it on videotape, mm-hmm. um, I saw it on videotape. My freshman year, first semester, freshman year of college for a class called literature into film okay. where you read the thing and then you watch the thing and nice. wrote a paper on it. And, um, I want, I, I got to, we, we watched another Henry the fifth an older one, but we also got to watch that one because my professor knew a guy basically somehow like, you know, had, oh, uh, like okay. a, had access to a screener copy of the videotape before it became publicly available or, or, or at least in numbers, like you could, you couldn't necessarily find it easily. Um, something like that. I remember them making kind of a thing about that. It's like, and I managed to get a hold of a copy of the Branagh version from last year. I don't know how accurate that was. I just took it for granted because, well, it was a professor telling me something. So I would like to believe that they're not lying to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it not too far from your old apartment down here at, uh, at the Oriental Theater. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I remember, like it was yesterday, wanting to stand up at certain key points in that movie and just shout to nobody in particular. <laughs> See, I told you that line was funny. See? That line is funny. <laughs> and, and the people at the theater would have said, hey, this isn't Rocky Horror. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to scream at yeah. the screen in the audience for this exactly. one. Exactly. Come back Saturday night. Yeah, sit yourself down. <laughs> Pipe yeah, down. Shakespeare yeah. boy. Shakespeare nerd. <laughs> nerd. Yeah, that's no, and, and I certainly am, was, will be, and I will be. I but you're right. Right. It's uh, uh no, it's I, I remember Henry V vividly. I it was but 
it was particularly the shot in Henry V where Branagh evoked the arrows in the air at Agincourt and got the sound right and got that effect right of darkening the skies. And it was just, oh, so great. And his and Ian Holmes Flewellen. Tur- turns out that his name is Ian Holm Cuthbert. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yep. Actual name is Ian Holm. That's his middle name is Holm. So he took that as his stage name. But uh, Ian Holm Cuthbert was a very much a part of that, an enjoyable, enjoyable part. And uh, Because Ian Cuthbert sounded too British? Yeah. Because was- <laughs> <laughs> Ian Holm is less British, right? Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> Given that, you know, Sherlock Holmes, um, you know, Ian Holm is like one click less British. <laughs> is that Ian a thing? Cuthbert. So it's on a, that's on a dial that's not on a scale or, or sliding, ranging like a ruler? Yeah, it's clicks. Oh, it's clicks. Got Click, it. Just clicks checking. of Britishness. I, I just wish to know how this works. He was born in a psychiatric hospital. where his, <laughs> yeah, his Like his, Freddy Krueger? Where his father and mother both worked. His mother was a nurse his father was a psychiatrist and a pioneer of electric shock treatment yeah. oh my god not like freddy krueger because freddy freddy krueger was, was <laughs> uh, his mother w- worked at the hospital but his father was uh, like a thousand inmates like she was raped and it's just a right. terrible story uh, so not like that so but he pioneered what electric shock uh, treatment electroshock electroshock therapy yeah no that's what they call it now where it's yeah done- that's true very controlled this is electric shock treatment where they've just you know got some exposed wires and put one on your foot and one on your head and yeah where they (laughs) they zap you in the head just to shut you up basically um because it scrambled your your brain whereas now it's like well we've we've learned that like you know applying applying an electrical current to certain parts of the brain can cause x y and z and we do it in a controlled environment for short and yes, yeah. it's only and a you only use blah, you know, blah, blah. so much electricity. You don't as opposed to just you know juicing them up like they did originally. Hook this up to the transformer, like Rambo. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, but like the, you know, like the green though, mile. But electric. Here's the thing with electric shock: we still don't know why it works. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't understand a lot of things about the brain. The brain yeah. is. But it's like it always that yeah. part of it. My uh, my stepmom, God rest her, she was a psychiatric nurse here at county and i used to get into arguments with her because i would tell her and, and her point was it works it various things work i'm like why she said, it works <laughs> <laughs> that's the explanation yeah it's, you know and, I, and someday I and someday hopefully we'll figure it out but right now we yeah, know this we're much. working on finding out why we do know it works yeah you're you said your stepmom was a psychiatric nurse yeah my mom uh, was a psychiatric nurse before she retired. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is amazing, you guys. I have no relatives who was a psychiatric nurse. <laughs> oh, well, you lose. Yeah, oh. I was going to say, now you're not cool. <laughs> not cool. Oh. One of these kids is not like the other. There it is. There. <laughs> womp, womp. Craig is sad trombone boy. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Oh, hang on. No, that's a tuba. Loser tuba. That's good. That's hang on, hang on, hang on. Here it is. Who's the most int- What's the most interesting job that any of my relatives have had? Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know that I have any relatives who have had really interesting jobs. I have an uncle who fought in Vietnam. 
who, uh, when I was studying Vietnam in, in oh, school, wait. I knew that he had been a soldier in Vietnam. And my mom told me, you don't ever talk to him don't about ask him. this. If yeah. you want to learn about Vietnam, you do it in the book. <laughs> don't ever talk to your uncle about You go this. to the Encyclopedia Britannica yeah. and you, you grab... The world, the world book. We had a, we had a, a second to last volume. Funkin' Wagnalls <laughs> is what we had. <laughs> we had like the third tier encyclopedias in the house. <laughs> what was that? Funkin' Wagnall? Was that like a... Where was that from? Who, who, who always invoked that? Was that a Johnny Carson thing? invoking the there's a line about that in rocky horror (laughs) it's there look it up in your effing wagnalls (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a reference it's shouted to the uh to the uh inspector Funkin' wagnalls in popular media (laughs) oh rowan and martin's laughing Oh, yeah, oh. no, on The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson often played a mystic seer from the East named Karnak the Magnificent. Right, Sidekick right. Ed McMahon would hand Karnak hermetically sealed envelopes of questions purported he had kept in a mayonnaise jar on Funkin' Wagnall's porch since noon that day. <laughs> nice. I never knew that. That's I loved Karnak when I was a kid. Oh, my God. I missed the bit about hermetically sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Ed McMahon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hold the envelope up to his forehead name three things that yeah my memory of you know and i used to watch the tonight show with johnny carson and ed mcmahon and my memory of ed mcmahon is uh is uh um i can't think of his name now guy from saturday night live his uh impression of ed mcmahon bill hartman bill hartman yeah yeah where uh, it was just yeah yes yeah you are correct sir you are correct sir <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything. I never watched Johnny Carson. I did. I knew Ed McMahon through that impression and the uh, uh, bloopers and practical jokes with uh, Dick Clark. And then he, you know, the, the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes thing. That's, that's all. That's how I knew McMahon. I never watched. I don't think I've watched much Johnny at all or any in the moment. Like I've seen some stuff later, but what else is news, Mike? Anything? There's jump a into, jump into gym. There's a solar eclipse tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, you missed. There it. was a solar eclipse <laughs> a few days ago. Yeah. Where's it at? Right here? Uh, no, it's in like uh, Africa, the Middle East, and uh, South, no, Southeast Asia. Yeah, <laughs> but it is the uh, annular solar eclipse, which is when uh, the moon's apparent diameter is smaller than the sun's, blocking most of the sun's light. And causing the halo. and causing the sun to look like an anus. Excuse me, annulus. <laughs> See, it, 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 it looks like that little ring. Yes, it's you a get, you get the you ring get of a light ring. Not, momentarily. Not the haze of the corona from a full eclipse. Like the no. actual very edge of the ring of the fire. It's a ring of fire. It's a Johnny Cash ring of fire. That's right. It is a it is a uh, a full ring with with thickness to it, not just a. Uh, you're not just seeing the um, solar flares outside. And that's going to look like the Eye of Saruman, taking us Kinda. all the way back to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and home. Who also played Frodo on a BBC radio play. Yes. Taking it full circle and then full circle inside the circle. <laughs> Wait, there's going to be a double ring? No, 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 all, no, no, no. That's just All Ian circles Holm. all the time. It circles all the way down. <laughs> 
Now, are those concentric circles or is it like a slinky? It's like 75,000 Venn diagrams, all of different things on top of each other. <laughs> so it's just, it's okay. just chaos. So that's, that's like the internet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Except um, increase that by a, a few orders of magnitude. Then you get the internet. Yeah, that's it for news. Okay, uh, Jim. Where are you taking us today? Why is Sea of Thieves awesome? <laughs> Have you, have any of you played it? No, I don't play video games. No. What is Sea of Sea of Thieves? Not, not, not those kinds of video games anyway. Okay. Those are sea complex of ones. <laughs> sea of Thieves. I, I had wanted this game to come out for a while. And this actually goes into a little bit of my beliefs about uh, mass MMORPGs, massively online role-playing games. Uh, think World of Warcraft. Think EverQuest. If you're old enough, remember Ultima Online. Let's start out with Ultima Online. Ultima Online, once upon a time, had as as its basic premise, to do anything worthwhile, you must suffer. Wonderful. And in doing the suffering, you will become powerful. For example, there are all sorts of crafts in Ultima Online. And bear in mind, this is a 2D top-down game. The graphics are crude. They couldn't be more basic. But here you are, humping along in your 2D graphics, and you're going to be a scrivener. That was a thing. You could be a scrivener. Fun. I'm going to scriven. And how did you learn to scriven? Did you write things? Did you search for secret scrivening tomes? The tome of scrivening? No, you didn't. You pressed a key. The A key? Attempt scriven. Attempt scriven. (laughs) Attempt scriven. Attempt scriven. And every couple times it would go, oh, you've gone up by, I'm not making this up, point one. In scrivening. Awesome. (laughs) People built machines to tap the keys of their computers. Like the, like the, uh, the, the the, birds, the bird in the water. The the little bird with the liquid that just keeps boom, boom. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And in fact, Ultima Online tried to recode so that the people trying to do that would get caught. (laughs) That game was entirely player versus player, okay? And so people were constantly trying to kill you. If you died, all your stuff was stolen. Everything you had, unless you had a (laughs) bank. But everything you owned was stolen. And we were told this is how games had to be. (laughs) That otherwise your game was weak and useless. Fast forward to EverQuest, (laughs) where, and I'll just share this one story. The big goal in EverQuest was to go onto the planes, these other realms of existence, just like in D&D, and go fight the demigods and gods of the various realms. If you got killed up there, you came back naked (laughs) without any gear where you last bound yourself. Your corpse was up in that plane and you had to get some schmuck to get it. Because you couldn't get it. You were naked. But then they had to what find a great it for game. you. They had to find it for you. <laughs> and-, and then you had to loot it. So they, you had to drag your body away 
Otherwise, all that gear, that incredible gear you had spent hundreds and hundreds of hours trying to get, after a certain period of time, vanished. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a great the, game. And yet, the people I knew who played this called it Ever Crack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I was, I was certainly one of them. I loved it. And a matter of fact, the one time we actually did a play and raid, my wife and I, uh, Vooch and his, and his wife came up at the time. And we actually hung out and did this together as a group. It was incredible. We're doing this over a 2,400-pound modem, note, may I note. Was alcohol involved, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. And you did all sorts of fun things and all this stuff. But we were told that was a good thing, that those were all good things. Fast forward to World of Warcraft, where somebody, you know, and, and when World of Warcraft came out, it was an absolute revelation. So, oh, and by the way, in EverQuest, when you died, every time you died, you lost experience. <laughs> to the day I die, no pun, I will never understand how they thought that worked in the meta. Uh, well, they just, they cribbed it from D&D because earlier versions of D&D that there was, I know. Way, there was ways for you to become less experienced. Sure. Well, liches and things. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But you didn't get that when you died. Yeah, but, you know, just the, the idea that you earn all this stuff and then you can have it taken away from you is shitty game design. They didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> they were fundamentally it's, unaware. It's, it's, it's been abandoned by the bulk of game designers nowadays. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. And it was, I thought it was weird then. I think it's weird now. To the point that you could lose levels. Yeah. In fact, at every 10th level, because of a glitch in the EverQuest code, was a double level. So you had to have twice as much experience to get through that level. So if you were level 30, actually 30, and you leveled down to 29, you just wanted to put a gun in your mouth. <laughs> Jeez. And that was great. We love this. And we were great told game. it had to be this way. <laughs> because along you were told. Along comes World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I'm skipping some other games, of course. But along comes World of Warcraft. And they go, you know what? All that was stupid. All that was incredibly stupid. We're sorry. We're sorry. As a, as a game design community, we apologize. Now you're not going to die and lose experience. Now you're not going to die and lose all your gear. Now you're just going to come back and start over and hang out. But still, you will get sweet, sweet gear if you do certain things, if you work a certain time, if your group goes to a certain place that nobody else has. And you will take that sweet, sweet gear and you will go into these places and God forbid you go into a player versus player zone and you will tear those people up. And this too was fun because it allowed certain people to be elite, to be expert, to be better than everybody else and sit in their parents' basement on their throne of blood. I believe it is Fortnite that first came along and said, you know what? There's a certain segment of humanity that likes to do that. But the vast majority of people think that that's ass. <laughs> and it's untidy ass at that. <laughs> How about we just make it all cosmetic? 
And how about we let people just fight PvP for fun, make it clearly fun, make it even and skill-based? No, but we can't do that because we've been told that's not how it works. Well, exactly. For 30 years, 30 years, we got told it has to be this way. Yeah. And Fortnite went, eh, I don't think it does. Let's find out. And sure enough, it now was recently was making a billion dollars a month <laughs> in pure cosmetics. There is no item you can get in Fortnite that makes you better than any other player. You can't. Makes you look cooler. You look like Deadpool. You look like a giant freaking banana, which is funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I watch my son do it. He, he's cruising along and all his homies are, are bananas. And as they take damage, the banana starts to peel and rot. <laughs> it's funny i like watching it it's silly and they do very well well this same group because it's well it's not the same group but it's the same technology it's the epic engine they said hey how about pirates ah. and they took that same concept and they made it a pvp a a age of buccaneering game where it is pure cosmetics and you can fight in a little sloop battle where it's just two, where it's two to four of you. Or you can fight in a galleon battle where it's eight of you on a ship. And you load the cannons and you raise the sails and you trim the sails. And then you fire the cannons at each other in skill games. And then, and then they built this into a world that has the aesthetic of Fortnite so it isn't photorealistic graphics but the water is the best rendered water I've ever seen. And this, by the way, is a thing in video games. There are people whose job it is to create the water physics. And they, have, they are the latest generation. Their water is awesome. And you're rolling on this cartoon ship and you're firing your guns and you're blasting away and you're boarding each other's ships and you're fighting and you're doing all this stuff. And it's great. Because nobody's going to come after me with the super sword of pirate killing. Nobody's coming after me with the ship that just is better than yours. And when it's done, it's done and we're finished and I can go buy myself a new peg leg that's got a golden ornament on it. <laughs> so I've, I've piloted my ship around and I fired the guns a bunch and then I got into a sword fight and I boarded the other ship and uh, I've seized that. Now, how do I scribben? Where, where do I go where, to where do my, I go to Scriven? And all that, all that is gone. <laughs> gone. But, How much is it gone? It's a session-based game. The game is designed around the fact that nothing that happens other than your after you log off, you log in, you do what you do, other than your physical character, your reputation with the various factions, because that does have a thing, and your cosmetic gear, nothing else persists. Not your ship, not your, you know, not any of your quest. Your quests vanish. You have to go get new ones. They just said, look, just log in, have a fight, no need to scriven. <laughs> no need to app, no need to do your your apothecary stuff. Just play the game. Who's got time to spend seven days scrivening? They figured, and then and then and then this part, and this is what made me think of you, Craig. Every Ooh. character 
automatically at the beginning. You don't have to do a quest for it. You don't have to search. You get four musical instruments. You get a squeeze box, a hurdy-gurdy, <laughs> nice. a banjo, and a <laughs> drum, which, which makes you whistle. And if everybody on your crew, because you, you log my son and I play together, one of the things that drives you nuts in every other game since is that, yeah, you could have an instrument and I could have an instrument and we play in a different song. If you are on the same crew and you pick up an instrument and start playing it, everybody starts playing the same song at the same place. And so there you are at sea in this really wonderfully rendered world, playing these instruments, sailing along, and they've got, I think, nine, ten different sea shanties built in right now. That's wonderful. And, and you're just, and you're just going along and that we've done that. We've just sailed along and, and just gone from place to place on this lovely rendered ocean. And then this group I was telling you about the longest Johns, they're out of Bristol, England, they're a acapella sea shanty group. They have taken to going into this game, sailing along and singing sea shanties on their ship as they're sailing by. <laughs> It's, I was about to get to the singing thing. I was like wondering if, like, can you get in there and are they going to add songs and like, can you sing along and record that? And then, uh, you know, like, is one of the songs Drunken Sailor and can you do the dirty lyrics? And if you look up the Longest Johns and and also type Sea of Sea of Thieves, it seems like the game has sanctioned them to do this. Okay. They show up at some of the hubs and they'll just be standing down by the port singing sea shanties into their micro their xbox headsets <laughs> that's spectacular or sometimes you'll see them their their ship will be sailing by and you'll see another boat see them and you can hear what they're saying because it's got that cro- you can you, as as you get closer you can hear it and they'll just sailing by singing their sea shanties <laughs> they've taken uh, what elijah wood has done with animal crossing and and kicked it up a few notches Yes, that is, that is, that is, that is exactly what happened. So no, I, I, it, oh, and one last point about it, if I may, it doesn't have a monthly subscription. <laughs> you know, this too, this too was one of the things because every one of them, Ultima Online, EverQuest, uh, Dark Age of Camelot, just trying to think of the ones I played, uh, Dark Age of Camelot, World of Warcraft still, they all have some level of monthly subscription. Sea of Thieves does not. Um, highest possible recommendation if that is the sort of thing you would be interested in playing. But I think it also speaks to, and I give credit, look, you give credit to people who learn the lessons, right? You, you take a step back and you say, huh, okay, that was stupid. Let's not, or that aggravated our fan base, the people we would like to play our game. You know, that made people infuriated. Let's not do that anymore. So hey, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the uh the ratings, one through five stars. Yeah. Um, and it's got an average of about four. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then it's got like little bars indicating how many gave it five, four, three, two, one. And like the two, three, and four is basically like it 
immaterial. Don't pay anything. There's just like a few people have given it two, three or four. It's all either love or hate. It's like, here's all these people with five. And then there's a big chunk of people with one. And I'm thinking like, oh yeah, the people who gave it one star are all the people who wanted like, well, I don't get my cool X and I don't get to level up this and I don't get to persist. And And I don't get to go in and kill everybody. Yeah. They want, they want a different, that game is not a one-star game. That is a game that is a one-star game for them because that is not the game for them. And it's not right. the type of game that they want to play. They want a Scriven. <laughs> they want a Scriven. <laughs> Every- My Scrivening is much greater than yours. I would, like, I would like this to become a meme on the internet. Um, listeners, please make this happen. I want to, like a month from now, I want people talking about it. Like it's one of those damn Scrivening games. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to become a word that enters, put it on Urban Dictionary. And what yeah, what just, do uh, good and decent people do with scrivening games? They would prefer not to play them. There it is. <laughs> well done, Bartleby. Brilliant. Thank you. That is approved. <laughs> uh, I, I, I told you that I got to that I got to play Bartleby up against Mark Metcalf. Yeah. No. Um, I don't think so. I knew we knew that you knew Mark Metcalf. Um, I was. That the was act, the play. The act, act, Hollywood actor, Mark Hollywood Metcalf. actor, and ge- and legitimately awesome dude. Um, yep, he's a swell fella. Absolute delight. Uh, taught my son to curse. Um, <laughs> nice. Which was it, really inadvertently, but just an incredible wit. Funny <laughs> which, guy, which charming word? as heck. But no, he was the narrator in Charles Summers' um, Bartleby the Scrivener, and I was Bartleby, which because I always played the uh, titular character in all the radio WHT shows. And so I was pretty much left for that entire show with, I would prefer not to. Yeah. That's your one line. That's, Can I get up? <laughs> Jim, they're rehearsing and Jim's like line <laughs> line. The script supervisor says, I, I would prefer not to. Oh yes. You know, line. And, and, yeah, that's that's who here would like to play a scrivening game? I would prefer not. That's that's all right. And accurate, may I note. <laughs> but no, there were people who there were people who cherished their their status as elite, as better than everyone else. And there's games, and, there's games for you if you want to Yeah, play. no, and and I there's think that's the key piece. And like I say, I I I wish I could say see if Thieves figured it out, but I really do think it was Fortnite. Because when I discovered after my son started playing it that Fortnite was not about that at all, I thought, how will this succeed? Because surely it can't work that way. Ah, pretty sure it's fine. And the other thing is, and, and I, I think it's wonderful, it's the first of these that I've seen. Uh, women play in very large numbers. A lot of young ladies play Fortnite. A lot. And uh, that's cool. So, yeah, they figured something out, and Sea of Thieves takes it forward and puts it in an era. You know, do I wish it were... And, and you talk about the game you want. Do I wish it were the Napoleonic navies and I could play the British and somebody else would be the French? Yes. But nobody wants to play that game either. <laughs> So we'll play the game that's available and enjoy the heck out of it while us. Oh, and it, it's look, 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 look. On the big galleons, you can actually work the sheets. You can actually trim the sails to gather the wind. That's a game thing you do. But can you stop the spinning thing from spinning? <laughs> yes. Oh, um, great. Great. If you get your <laughs> right, 
a reference to another longest John thing. Sign me um, up. But no, the uh, when you're when you're in a storm because they do a wonderful job modeling storms and you get those rollers, you get those big crashing rollers. When you come over the top of a roller, when you're standing at the uh, the wheel, at the, at the steering wheel, and you're heaving it here and you're heaving it there, if you come over a roller, you're looking at the compass to guide you, because my son is running below decks to work the charts. He's got the map. And he's calling, you need to go, you know, turn to port, turn to starboard. We need to go northwest, all this stuff. When you come over a roller, that compass you're looking at starts to spin. <laughs> so you don't know which way you're headed. And so there's all sorts of really fun little mechanics. No, it's a, it's a delight. It's a delightful game. And at this point in my life, it's also digestible in one to two hour segments, which is also desirable. And apparently you can get tattooed up the wazoo. Oh, yes. Tattoos are one of the, once again, it's all cosmetic. You yeah. earn coins as you go on. And um, the tattoos come for very, they're one of the earliest things you can buy. Fun. It is. Just, I'm just looking at all the skins, basically, and like all the, just the different ways that you can customize the characters. Lots of fun, lots of stuff, lots of things you can do. Got all your, you know, standard pirate tomfoolery like eye patches and peg legs and everything else and they've got for some really many 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 wonderful hats oh yes <laughs> and and they're also smart when you complete a bigger quest and you know we're talking we knocked off one of the big quests in a, a longer day session maybe two and a half hours um you get they they give you one nice thing so in this case you've got a special hat and there's monkeys and sea monsters yep oh man i look the first time we were sailing along and we were just cruising along. We were doing a quest and suddenly the sky goes red. Uh-oh. Sky turned blood red. The music <laughs> changed. And my uh -oh. son and I looked at each other like, what's going on? And out of the deep, off the port bow, comes a ghost ship from the ocean. <laughs> I mean, a full-on ghost galleon crewed by skeletons. Is it like all glowy green? Uh, not that one. That's okay. a later one they've just added. This is just a straight up ghost ship. And now my son will yell at you. He will. He's looking at me, reminding me that my instinct was, don't shoot it. Maybe it'll leave us alone. Because <laughs> huh? that's what happens in these games. Well, the other thing is, it's like, it's a ghost ship. What do you think it's going to do? <laughs> it's like... That was my uh, that was my response in a D and D game once years and years ago. One of my favorite moments that I remember we we were exploring the dungeon or the keep or whatever the hell it was we were in, and I opened a door and Jason, the GM, the DM described a, um, a hooded figure, you know, and described the, the long flowy black cloaks and wispy and like the 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 cloaks seemed to move of their own accord with no wind and blah blah blah. And he said, "What do you do?" And I said, "I shut the door." <laughs> <laughs> Get a lock, that, that, lock that, that thing back turned out to there. be a wraith and it just went right through the door <laughs> it flew well, but you know the door, but, but at the moment i was like that seems like a reasonable <laughs> i'm not going in that room <laughs> pardon me <laughs> click i shut the door <laughs> i use that line in uh in games every so often no it's uh it, it's and oh and they've got they actually have hatches you can batten Nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's well. It was funny because uh, my son and I were were sailing along during a storm, 
and they're keeping water down below decks, which you have to bail. You know, it's very, all this is simplified, grossly simplified. You grab a bucket, throw it over the side, it lowers the water, but you still have to do it. And we're, we're bailing water over the side. It keeps coming in. And finally he goes, aha, batten down the hatches. I get it. And suddenly there was no more water coming in. So no, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's great. I like it. It's uh, certainly well worth it. And it just came over to the PC, which is why I've got it. It's been on the Xbox for 100 years. Before, before, the, uh, before the, the sea monster arrives, do all the rats start leaving the ship? That's, uh, That'd be for, pretty uh, sweet. I, <laughs> <laughs> nope, all they give us is stormy seas, red, okay. blood red skies, and, and uh, threatening music. That's the best I can offer. Okay. Maybe they'll patch that in there somewhere yeah no, like you're, uh, you're you're hanging around because they got to keep making it new and making it you're like you're surprising you right so like you're just tooling along in your ship and you're like doo, doo, doo. you're playing your your uh, happy music and all of a sudden the rats start leaving like, <laughs> no other cues no music no skies no waves just the rats all start leaving the ship yeah and, and look it, 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 oh. I, it obviously wears its it wears what it is on its sleeve you know I've got this shot, this screenshot of my, you know, my son and I were on deck. He goes, hey, dad, does that cloud look like Thulu to you? <laughs> and I went out and I went, yeah, that's pretty much your gigantic elder god cloud. So, uh, oh, and I actually did. I'm just the looking at my screenshots. Face. I actually got a very nice screenshot of that ghost ship coming out of the way, coming out of the deep. So, Ooh, can you share your screen? <laughs> I, do, I can't. I suppose I can put it in chat, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it's one of those games that it, it, it first and foremost is what it is. And it, it's a good game, but it also speaks to me along the lines of how games have evolved, how they have changed and how they have, uh, how they have come to us in new ways. And I think that that's really exciting and awesome. It doesn't want me to do art. I don't understand Zoom. Oh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll live without it. It's okay. All right. Email the, uh, the picture to, to me. I will. I will. Do we, got, do we got some sweet, sweet Sammy? Oh, boy. We do. We do. Uh, let, me, let me just say here. Yep, there it is. Let's go find my Sam. There's Sam, my Sam. Samuel Peeps. Samuel Peeps. I, you know, we've been cruising along. And... Uh, Samuel Pepys, the great diarist of the 17th century in England, worked under the government of Charles II after the Restoration. He was around then, uh, general philanderer, man about town, and um, just a really interesting guy. But of course, the reason we know anything about him, or at least as much as we do about him, is because he left us one of the first great diaries. In fact, some would say the greatest, the first great diary period. Um, so yeah, we've been following him through his life. Uh, I lost sync because we were in 1662. I know that. It's okay. You don't, we were in 1662. So, so I went to 14th June, 1662, which was a Saturday, but it's, you know, obviously a little off in the time of day. And uh, <clears throat> Sam, Sam had an interesting Saturday. <laughs> okay, Saturday, let's go. 14th June, 1662. Up by four o'clock in the morning and upon business at my office. Now, this is still where he's living near Tower Hill. We've talked about that before. So he's up at 4 a.m. 
as was not uncommon. Like me, today. There you go. <laughs> then we sat down to business. At about 11 o'clock, so he's got a seven-hour day in already, having a room got ready for us, we all went down to Tower Hill. Now, that's still very much there. And there, over against the scaffold, made on purpose this day, saw Sir Henry Vine brought, a very great press of people. He made a long speech, many times interrupted by the sheriff and others there. And they would have taken the paper out of his hand, but he would not let it go. <laughs> but they caused all the books of those that writ after him to be given to the sheriff. And the trumpets were brought under the scaffold that he might not be heard. Then he prayed and so fitted himself and received the blow. But the scaffold was so crowded that we could not see it done. But George Borman, who had been upon the scaffold, came to us and told us that first he began to speak of the irregular proceeding against him, that he was against Magna Carta, denied to have his exceptions against the indictment allowed, and that, there, that it was against the Magna Carta, forgive me, denied to have his exceptions against the indictment allowed, and that there he was stopped by the sheriff. Then he drew out his paper of notes and began to tell them first his life, that he was born a gentleman, that he was bred up, and had the quality of a gentleman, and to make him in the opinion of the world more a gentleman he had been till he was 17 years old, a good fellow. But that it pleased God to lay a foundation of grace in his heart, by which he was persuaded against his worldly interest to leave all preferment and go abroad. Skipping just a bit. He had a blister of ish or issue upon his neck, which he desired them not hurt. He changed not his color or speech to the last, but died justifying himself and the cause he stood for, and spoke very confidently of his being presently at the right hand of Christ. Things appeared the most resolved man that ever died in this manner, and showed more of heat than cowardice, but yet with all humility and gravity. One asked him why he did not pray for the king. He answered, no, nay, says he, you shall see I can pray for the king. I pray God bless him. So to the office a little, and so to the Trinity House, all of us to dinner, and then to the office again all the afternoon till night, so house and to bed. This day I hear my Lord Petersborough is come unexpected from Tangier to give the king an account of his place, which we fear is in none of the best condition. We had also certain news today that the Spaniard is before Lisbon with 13 sail, six Dutch. I read a letter of all this day's proceedings to my lord at Hinchingbroke, who I hear is very well pleased with the work. And so, to bed. Okay. I think I actually know what happened there at, at 11. All right. The, he, he went to see a guy get hanged. Well, not hanged. No? Nope. There was something, yeah, the scaffold thing made me think he was getting hanged, but then he was, there were blows. I didn't know what that was. And that's, he was worried that's, about that's the he was worried about them hurting the boo boo on his neck. That that's get <laughs> a boo boo. Yeah. Was it was it guillotine? That, no, that's that's an axe. Oh, it's just an axe. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> he, uh, he, Sammy, he. Sammy Sammy put in a hard seven hours and then went to see an, pop popped out to see an execution. That's <laughs> yes. Because because um, there was no Fortnite or Sea of Thieves. That's. <laughs> The, it, it, he was 
he was so the the guy. So yes, you're up. You're you you have followed the basic flow of events. Uh, Sam goes into the office early in the morning, four a.m. But by eleven o'clock, he's already put in, like I say, six seven hours of work. And then having a room got ready for us, we all went down to Tower Hall. So he he sends ahead and says, "We're going to come down and work there. We're going to stay there." So what I want you to do, I want I, he says. And they're over against the scaffold made on purpose this day. He sets up a room at Tower Hill so he can go see this. While he's working. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> he's got a window with a good view. He yes, because it's right there. Now, if you now I, I can't say that I know where this is positioned, but it's one of the really sobering stories they tell you when you visit the tower, especially if you visit Anne Boleyn's rooms. She could see every day she was in the tower where she was going to get her head cut off. You can look out the window of that room and see the block. Now, that's, this a, that's, a, that's, that's a great way to, to ramp up to a beheading, right? Yeah, out your window. What's your view? Uh, <laughs> the place that, like the last place I'm going to see. Right. So he's, you know, he's, he, he's uh, this Henry Vane, and this Henry Vane is no small deal. He is a, uh, he's a parliamentarian. He becomes governor of Massachusetts in, thir- in 1636. He sails to America before the English Civil War and becomes the governor. Charles I knights him in 1640. He then joins the side of parliament during the civil war so after the interregnum after cromwell at this is right after the restoration charles ii initially forgives this guy he grants him clemency because some of these guys that because remember charles ii is the son of charles the first right these are the guys that killed his dad <laughs> and he forgives this henry vane you know, he, he forgives him. He's a good and, Christian monarch. Right. It says, I grant you clemency. Apparently about a year later, because remember, Charles comes back in 1660. He goes, takes he backs he and puts him on trial for, for treason. <laughs> no take backs. Oh, yeah. No clemency take backs. Takes he <laughs> Son of a. It's a rough he, world to live in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because God knows if that monarch suddenly didn't take a liking to you. And um, yeah, and all it took, all it took for the monarch to do something was for like the chancellor to double dog dare him. That's all it took. Like, right. Like the, that's, right. the monarch could do whatever they wanted. If somebody just like convinced you to do something like you felt like it, you were the monarch. You could. Yeah. So we don't <laughs> we don't know what he did, if he did anything, because it was just at, oh, the, whim, yeah, and at, the, you know, at the whim of the king. You know, there's well, and if you read the history of it, well, it's written by the <laughs> yeah. If you read the history of it, um, there's a lot. He is one of the guys that was sort of on the bubble as as Charles comes to the throne because Charles makes a big deal with a thing called the uh, indemnity and Obli- it's the indemnity and oblivion act, in which. This commission goes through everybody that might have been involved with that whole killing dad thing (laughs) and says, so where were you on all this? 
he is not included in the Indemnity and Oblivion Act, which means he's on the fringe. Yep. He's on the fringe. He's granted it. Now, what he is referring to on the scaffold, he is denied legal counsel at the time of the trial. So why, we don't know, as far as I can figure out. Um, you know. But is that he, why and, he, and, uh, he, he, he has a speech prepared? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, spe- yes. Did, did, I, did I catch that right, too? He was speechifying, and then the trumpets kicked in and drowned to him try out. To like, drown they played him, him off the stage. Right. Well, no, the sheriff first comes up and tries to take his speech out of his hand. And he's but having he, none of that. But he won't let him. But then late, didn't you say later on, the, did, did the sheriff go and, and collect everyone's notes? Yeah. <laughs> like people yeah. people that were there were trying to write down what he was saying and they went and they, uh, they uh, took all their notes away. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. It, he's, they he's descrivened, he descrivened the audience. <laughs> There's no scrivening is to be done here. <laughs> all those, all those people were in the crowd, just you know, clicking, 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 clicking. <laughs> you know, and the, uh, you know, he was he, and and if you read the history, it's clear he never found himself back in favor, and he was also a theological writer, and so he write he keeps writing, which by the way would not have been my A plus move. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I don't care. When you're already on the hot seat, shut your yap. <laughs> I mean, even unless you are writing something that is so obsequious, and so I am super sorry. Or extremely pro-king. Right, right. You know, wildly, you know, effusively, <laughs> in a treacly way, pro-king, shut up. Propaganda, so- <laughs> propaganda, dis- prop- what am I trying to say? Propagandists. <laughs> Propagandistic. Propagandistic, yes. You know, it's, it, unless I, that's what you're doing, unless that's what you just shut up. So, yeah, but going back I'm, to the. I'm sorry. I apologize unreservedly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> unless that is what is coming out of your pie hole. The, this is so great. Let's see. Uh, yeah, because he says he speaks of the irregular proceeding against him. Well, that's, that's not the case. It wasn't. That it was against the Magna Carta. Denied to have his exceptions against the indictment allowed. That just wasn't done. He pulled the, it's non it's unconstitutional. Yeah, you're right. He's standing <laughs> For the on day the and age. He pulled unconstitutional out. He's going, not constitutional. It's he, egregious. It's outrageous. He's up there. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> he's up there saying, I'm being repressed. Yeah. <laughs> and Come and, and see the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> how, how does Sam stop that sentence? And that there he was stopped by the sheriff. Can you yeah. imagine being the sheriff? I mean, we always think of these sheriffs as like the sheriff of Nottingham, the evil sheriff. No, he's a bureaucrat doing a job. It's like, job. Huh? You're making my day so much harder. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> You're being then, executed. This is this is happening. This is, right. That's the thing. It's like, dude, nothing you say is going to change yeah. this outcome. It's, it's a done deal. This is all. We're just this is song and dance out here now. <laughs> Homie, we built the scaffold. <laughs> If we don't, we don't execute you, we're going to be the next ones executed. You see how this right. works here, pal? This and, the speech. Sc- and the scaffolders union is going to be breathing down our necks. <laughs> I got seven to do by 6 p.m. Stop it. 
you know, but you know, now that you say that you're exactly right. It's like, this is song and dance. What are you doing? And you're not even making a good record, like some dramatic three sentence speech. You're trying to argue your case. And by the way, this crowd, because Sam says there is a great press of people. This crowd doesn't want to hear your legal arguments about how this is against the Magna Carta. Oh, they came here to see your head roll. Yep. That's that's what you're here for. <laughs> you are the entertainment, but you think you're a different kind of entertainment. You are wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> then, then after the sheriff stops him, he draw he draws out a paper of notes, which is a bundle of notes, and begins to recount his life story. Oh my lord, yeah, I saw I read I heard that. <laughs> you know. Do you have any final words? Well, I've got my autobiography right here. (laughs) I was raised as a gentleman. Boy, born to Lancashire, (laughs) the gentry, but lower gentry. You know, like, dude, dude. Not the lowest gentry, sort of the middle gentry. I would call it mid gentry, middling, or perhaps middling gentry. He's just (laughs) just stretching out every sentence. Yeah, and it's several pages, too. (laughs) <laughs> so everybody can he's, see he's, he's got a improving as he's going he came Page there with 73. a book <laughs> this is and then i book. turned six <laughs> <laughs> henry sir henry you know that how did we miss doing that at bristol craig just once just get up the block for whatever rupert was going to get his head cut off for oh that would be oh boy oh boy that's a that's a tough improv to pull off of a, just just keep going. Like Somebody, somebody's gonna somebody have like trying judgment's to buy time. Come. It's obviously gonna go against you. <laughs> Do you have any words to say before judgment is passed? And then have the person just go. But have the person eventually stood off to the side and speak to a part of the crowd while yeah. the rest of the proceeding goes on. Where one of the guards comes in and just hoists you off and puts you over there and you just keep speaking to these 10 people. Yes. <laughs> Because we said, there it is, the trumpets were brought under the scaffold that he might not be heard. Yeah. They, they, this was, he was given a really long Oscar speech. <laughs> and they played him off. Oh, they turned on the orchestra. Yeah. That's, where that's where so- was the big hook? Where was the big, <laughs> from the side, you know, coming out of nowhere, like just hooks him off the stage and yoink. Yanks his head down on top, on, on, onto the block. Oh, here. Oh, oh, and there it is. He would then have given them an account of the proceedings of the long parliament. <laughs> he started reading the minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. But the, the long minutes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but not the so bullet points. Well scrivened, but they so <laughs> often interrupted him. <laughs> That at last he was forced to give over. And so fell into prayer for England in general, then for the churches in England, then for the city of London. And so fitted himself for the block. How many more things can I pray for? Right. Lord, I pray for the shepherds of the West Riding. May their flocks be fulsome, their wool great, and their issue many. Lord, I pray... The fox of the, you know, God, it sounds like a little kid at prayer time before bedtime. They're like, and God bless yep. mommy and daddy and little <laughs> brother and big brother and blah 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 and blah 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 and blah 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 and blah 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 and just keep going. And, and then to your earlier point, 
he had a blister upon his neck, which he desired them not to hurt. Dude! <laughs> if you could, when you, when, you, when, yeah. you, when you rope me down to the block, could you not, like right here, could you, could you not? Like, the rope, like either right ab- Either above or below, but not right here. Yeah. I, could I get a salve? You think could I get a, a, some sort of liniment? Do you think we could put some some cloth over that? Oh, that would be great. Thanks. That's with a nice balm. And then they put him down, and then they rope his rope his head down to the block, and he's like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> and that's how he goes out. Yeah, his last words. Oh, 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 right on it. Oh, right. Oh, you jag. Oh, <laughs> that's a Peter Griffin line. That's how he'd say it if he was being executed. Oh, you did it right there. You got me right on the thing. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, here, really here, here. I asked, right I, asked, I asked you nicely not to. Now you're going to really, really. Now you're going to chop my head off. Ah. <laughs> ah. Just like that. This has the, this, ah. this totally feels like. Like a Family Guy moment where, where the joke <laughs> runs too long. Yeah, it just keeps where, going and going and going. They just go, yeah. No, well, and this guy, it, and now let it, in fairness, let the record reflect in all, and this is Sam's testimony, that in all things, now Sam doesn't see this. Remember, he can't act, even though he gets the office set up so he can see it, it's so crowded, he can't see the blow. Yeah. He says that. But so based on what his person who was on the block tells him, in all things appeared the most resolved man that ever died in this matter and showed more of heat than cowardice. So he's mad. He's mad that he's up there, not afraid. So I'll take his word for that. But still, it's like to go out cranky. Henry, Henry, you are you are not reading the room here. For the record, if uh, if I end up, ever end up with my back against the wall, as the uh, blood flows, <laughs> as the streets flow red with the blood of non-believers or whatever, you know, if, if I ever get executed, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stretch this thing out as much as possible. Not because I'm gonna try to get out of it, because if they're gonna execute me, they're gonna execute me. But I figure at the very least, I can send these these onlookers home with a hell of a story. And, sure. and annoy like the hell out like, of the people in charge believe, of executing you. You wouldn't believe what I saw today. <laughs> this guy that they decided they were going to, they, they, they were going to chop his head off and he would not stop talking. <laughs> and that sheriff was so pissed off. You know how, you know how those, you know, those videos of people that like lock their legs at weddings and they fall over because they pass out. We had like four of those. Like people were just standing there waiting for this to happen, and they just passed out waiting for death. Oh man! <laughs> All right, Kevin. Question: Follow that. <laughs> oh well, what about uh, what about the rest of Sam's day, real oh, quick? Yeah, well, he just yeah, kind of wrapped his day up. There was there well, was... but also note he goes to dinner. Yeah, of course he does. This is like <laughs> this is not his first show. <laughs> that he's gone to his first execution this is yeah the uh and and some of the commentators and i i don't know the truth of it well enough to know but there are some people who argue it would have been samuel's job to go and watch this because this was a controversial execution this guy was well known this was no nobody right right and um and and so sam probably 
you know, and, and he says, so to the office a little, and so to Trinity House for dinner, and then to the office again until night, and so home and to bed. So it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's clear that he is there to see it, but there also may be an element of, yep, yeah, I was there. Very good. Yes, I supported the king in this decision. I, I did my job. I did my job, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So Sam and the execution of Sir Henry Vane, V-A-N-E. I went, um, I went and I did my job. I didn't do anything that put me on the bubble like that guy. You know, right. you, you know that as this, you, you know, of course, that, that as this was stretching on, he didn't write about this in his diary, but we know Sammy. Other things went through his head as this long, long uh, process took place. He was probably at some point wondering if he had spent too much money on his buttons. <laughs> and he was probably eyeing up some ladies in the crowd. Yeah, because that's Sam. That's that's and, and wondering how also... much how much their lace cost. Yeah. Why is my lace so expensive? Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that in the middle of the story, and while I was waiting for the proceedings to continue, I spied this most buxom. You know, oh, good God! Sam. Or I thought good about Sam. this mundane thing while this yeah. guy was, you know, trying so, yeah, trying to delay his his own execution. <laughs> what a fun execution i thought about yeah. how the uh the foyer needed plastering and would i hire those same guys that i got drunk with last year they were they were fun to drink with but yeah. they didn't, took them forever to get the work done <laughs> they were yeah that was one of the other stories i looked at his story of dealing with painters <laughs> well we just had the uh a couple of weeks ago the ultimate um money pit story for home improvement that started oh, with yeah, yeah. it started yeah. with some touch-up paint sure. <laughs> and is still ongoing and ended with <laughs> basically a new house yeah every surface of the inside of the house is being refinished <laughs> all righty on to the kevin question sure we have Kevin's a kevin back. question yeah he took yeah. A, a couple of weeks off but he's back took a vacation oh. Question 151. Does it bother you as much as it bothers me that Dawn has to cover ducklings in oil to film their commercials where they clean oil off ducks? <laughs> this footage that they are using isn't old Exxon Valdez oil spill reel anymore. They are covering ducks in oil or an oil analog. Hashtag boycott Dawn. Thanks, Kevin. P.S. Sorry I haven't been consistent lately. I have no idea what day it is anymore. I have lost all ability to keep track of time due to current events. I'll do better. I, I doubt the uh, doing better part. <laughs> I have assumed watching those commercials that that is an analog. <laughs> I'm wildly hopeful that's an analog. Right, because I, say? I think everybody remembers they made commercials out of actual, like... VHS grainy standard definition four by three ratio footage from people cleaning off actual ducks that got actual oil on them from the actual Exxon Valdez. Yeah. Is it Valdez or Valdez? Valdez. It's spelled Valdez though. That's how they pronounced it was Valdez. That's what I thought. I recall Valdez. Okay. But um to answer Kevin's question, but uh, now no, I have I have zero problem with them using whatever that is. Cause like, I, like Jim, Jim said, I assume that's not actually oil. Right. 
because they're advertising Dawn. So the Dawn dish detergent that they show has to be Dawn dish detergent. But absolutely everything else in that ad doesn't have to no. be the thing. I'm not convinced those, those are, are ducks. real ducks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those could be CGI ducks. Yeah, those, those could be those could be puppets. Those com- those commercials went away for a long time, and now they're they're back, but they're all nice and high def and brand new looking. And you know where where did those ducks come from? Were now, there were there ducks in the Gulf during the BP spill a few years ago? Now, if if they if they showed a person walking down to the shore of the Gulf of Mexico, With and a, there was clearly clearly a real oil, oil spill everywhere, as far yeah. as the eye could see, and they had a duck by the neck. And they just <laughs> dipped the duck into the water and then cleaned it off. I would not like that. I would then criticize them. Yes. But yeah, what they've been showing most, <laughs> that's the great thing. Like, you know, again, it's like the young is, is the cleaning the, the oil off the ducks. Is it that ubiquitous that like a younger generation looks at that and goes, what the hell is this? Like they just, okay, well it gets oil off of ducks. Why would you have oil on ducks? You know, like they're, they're not, they weren't around for the the Valdez, you know, like, and when those commercials first happened, I don't know, but apparently like everybody loves nostalgia. So even, you know, they'll bring back a commercial from how many years ago? Well, I, but they're not marketing to anybody that wouldn't re- remember that. Are they? Yeah, probably not. But I mean, like 20 somethings, how old were the 20 something? When, when, when was the Valdez? Well, this was going to be one, one of those, those topics. Ads. That's that that was that was one of the topics. Was, this is yeah. it's probably because it's 2020 and it's a nice round number. Yeah. That people are doing that, you know, 30 years ago was this, 30 years ago was that. Um there there's a lot of that going on. Exxon Valdez. When was it? Google Race. Google Race. 1989. Wow. So, I mean, that's, okay, this is a classic example. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. So, 1989, I'm uh, finishing up grad school. 1989, I'm finishing up grad school. 30 years before that was 1959, which in 1989 felt like a long freaking time ago. Wow, 1959, Larry Mondello was still on Leave it to Beaver. Saying, (laughs) saying... You hadn't been rubbed out yet. Nope. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, By Eddie Haskell's father. And everybody, and everybody talks about you know World War II. The World War II is a big deal to me. I had friends that were into it, but it was all black and white footage, and it was so long ago. And this is 1979, and so it's 34 years before. Well, that's the same gap. Yep. That's this. That's so horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I can't 30, even. Thirty years ago is the Valdez. Thirty years ago, thirty years before that, mod fashion had not been invented yet. Like See? the '60s mod yeah. style. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. that didn't exist yet. Yeah, like, baby. Yeah, baby. It was '59, <laughs> and it was like it, when, like, see, I think of the 1960s as being in color, but the '50s are clearly in black and white. Really? Really? Yeah. Do, oh wow. Okay, cool. That wow. I don't. Really? I think of that that way. Because I had, I did either of you have as your home TV, I don't mean a little side one, I mean your gather with mom and dad, a black and white TV? No, the, the big TV in the living room was always a color television. See, and me. that's it. My first TV, the family TV, was black and white. Ours was, but it predated me. So by the time I 
was around, it was that TV that used to be the main TV was in the spare room. And we had a color TV in the in the main room. We had a black and white, a small black and white TV in the kitchen, in the dining room. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not to say we didn't have, uh, we had that too. My grandparents had a black and, did they have a black and white TV or was that color? I think they had a black and white, a black and white TV in their living room when I was very, very little. Um, but that got replaced with a, and the, of course these are all, they had three TVs that I can remember. There was a black and white console TV that moved to the basement when I was very little, but I do remember seeing that in their living room. Then there was a giant console color TV that was there for a really long time. And then that died. So they still had the black and white TV in the basement that still worked. This other TV had to get thrown out. I don't know what. And they bought, and this is in like the late 80s, they managed to find an RCA giant tube TV in a big, heavy oak wood console <laughs> nice. to replace the original or the second uh, TV with. And that was the one that they had until they, they moved out of that house. See, see ours... Ours at home was the big metal case. I had a metal television on a tray. It was a it was a guild brass rolling tray, so you could move it from room to room. Cool, you rich like, mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there uh-huh. was there space underneath? You for fancy like, ass. Did it double? Did it double as a bar? Private card? school attending. <laughs> was there was there booze? Was there booze on the uh, on the tray no. underneath? No, what my kinda, family was. My family was. My family was very nearly teetotal. What kind of space age bullshit is this? <laughs> In retrospect, and the thing was, it it, it had the, the changer that was like a, a three-spoke thing. And you started to grab it and chunk it. Doom, 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 yeah. doom, to change the channels. I was over at I was over at Jimmy's house. Did you see his parents have a TV on wheels? It's on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Except that's 1955, uh, Back to the Future, yeah. when he rolls when... <laughs> That's uh, right, he did. He did have the TV the, on wheels. the dining room. And now we get to watch Jack Gleason while we eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've just come to realize that I think of... I literally think of the 50s as being in black and white, and the 60s are in color, even though I know there are TV shows that are in black and white well into the 60s, yep. and there are movies that are in color in the late 30s. Mm-hmm. But it took a while for everything to transfer over because color was more expensive. So, but like, I don't think of, I don't think of the fifties as being in color, even though you know, Gone with the Wind, color, you know, um, sure. uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, color, and you know, I know that uh, Gilligan's Island flipped from black and white to color in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. No, it was all a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> the nineteen fifties, everything was really drab and gray. That so, was just yeah. that was just a black and white. That when you're talking about those time color. gaps, yeah. when you're talking about those spaces and time, and you realize it's just collapsing on us now that we're getting old and lousy, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, the healthies was 30 years ago. Yeah. Oh my god. 31 to be technical. Yeah. But go on. Yeah. These. I was in high school. Yeah, I was uh So I there you go, problem. Kevin. Yeah, I got no problem. They can they can fake oil those fake ducks till the cows come home <laughs> as far as i'm concerned well but you know what though craig that is that really does now make your question more relevant than i thought it was initially because i thought well you know let's face it there aren't too many 20 year olds that are buying no there are dish, there dish are water. 30 there are 35 year olds that don't remember that's the it these. that's it I mean, we're talking about let's be credible here 
if you're 40, what's your memory of the Exxon Valdez? It happened. Yeah. There was one. There was oil in the Gulf of Mexico. That's mom what I know. Seemed, mom seemed to be upset by it. Yeah, that was about it. That wasn't the Gulf Man. of Mexico, was it? I don't remember I for so. sure, but there was, was there was a lot of oil in the ocean because, because a tanker broke. Alaska. Oh, that's right. Prince okay. William was Sound. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, see, there you go. I was... I, I was finishing up my master's degree and I don't remember that. Now here's, here's the great thing. You want to talk, you want to get, go down this road too. It's like pull a hundred people and ask them where the Valdez happened. You're going to get Gulf of Mexico a lot because that's going to be, we talked about this before the Mandela effect. Yep. They're going to be thinking of the BP thing, which wasn't even a tanker. You're going to be, con- you're going to be convinced that you saw news reports. Yes. It's not, it's not just like it happened in the Gulf. You're going to think I saw news reports where they were talking about being, you know, in Alabama or Mississippi or wherever, and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Like we're right here on the shore of the Gulf of Gulf of Mexico, and this is where we can see the oil from the, <laughs> from the XFLDs." <laughs> that was a that was an under underwater drilling accident, like yeah. several thousand feet deep. That had nothing to do with a tanker. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, is. yeah, oil them up. That's fine. <laughs> Fake oil them up. <laughs> there it is. Lube them up. Well, they they oil them up and then they kind of pretend to take it off with the dish soap and then they <laughs> and then they have like duck fights, like oiled up duck fights, or they do the duck chase thing, like they do with oiled greased pigs. Like they they they, they double duty those ducks. <laughs> I, I, I now now chase the oiled duck. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna place bets. That doesn't sound very humane. <laughs> I think we should have uh, oiled up bikini wrestling and then they show them cleaning up afterwards with Dawn. In the, group, little, in the group, in the group, in the group shower, little ducks in bikinis. No people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have Dawn. It's the green, green color. It's, it's some kind of like. Well, we, we, we are a Dawn family and we use the blue. The blue is the standard, right? Yeah. That's like, have, that's the classic Dawn, Dawn classic. Yeah, I got blue, blue Dawn right there. I can see it on, see it on the sink. It's right over there. Not that you yeah, listeners know where i'm pointing but i'm I get in my the, living space which is one big room i get the green because uh i'm the one that does the dishes and i like the uh whatever that scent is over the standard dawn it's like green apple or i have no idea maybe it's cucumber but it, it works, smells like green i like the green smell it actually works better than the generic uh version of, of green dish soap that you get at um grocery stores or big box retailers whose names might rhyme with um, Margit. <laughs> For some reason, their green dish soap uh, doesn't work as well as the real thing. Go Dawn. Go Dawn. Go Dawn. I hope that answers the question. I think it does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if it does. It's we're done. I mean, that's that's the question we've we've talked. We're about done it. with Don. We, we we're we, all we, done. We we answered <laughs> we answered the question, and we managed to take on one of those other topics that Jim wanted to talk about <laughs> that we skipped over so that we could get to the question. Wait, which one was that? I didn't I didn't even catch that. The, the thirty year thirty gap. years thirty oh, years ago thing oh. is. That was some of one of something that Jim brought up. But anyway, yeah. For for uh, Jim, listeners who don't know, Jim submits a list of about three dozen um, items he'd like to talk about every every week which is great we love because you know more material is better and uh sometimes i don't i don't remember those emails go out on usually mondays and jim responds right away so it's already been almost a week 
Thank you for listening to How the Sausage is Made. <laughs> Welcome inside the sausage plane. Jim, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you, Always Jim. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Oh, Mike. Hopefully we'll have your theme completely sorted next time. <laughs> where, oh, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, especially if you're Kevin. Nerdburgershow at gmail.com and uh you can go to nerdburgergames.com for the game stuff i'm working on and drive rpg.com to buy some of that stuff or you can buy it at the store on the website too <laughs> on the next episode of nerdburger mike buys a horse from a guy he's got a guy he gets a horse from a guy a horse Craig guy. comes to love the horse, and when Mike burns down the stable for the insurance money, Craig beats him to death and stuffs his head in a bowling bag. And when he does that, Mike's hairpiece comes off because Mike has a hairpiece. You didn't know that he does. He's got a guy that makes it. Really weird piece because he dyes his hairpiece. Look, look, it's not coming off. It's not coming off. That's because I haven't beaten the crap out of him yet. Oh, is that what makes it pop off? Sure. That's what happened in the Sopranos. <laughs> I would never burn down a uh, horse stable with horses in it. Anyway. <laughs> never say never, right? You know, is it empty? <laughs> I'm going to have to hold you to that now. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll never burn down a horse stable that has horses in it? Yeah. Okay. It's on the, in- it's on the in- internet forever. I'm fine with that. I think I can live the rest of my life without <laughs> burning down a horse stable that has horses in it. You heard it here first. Oh, hey, there's a link. (laughs) There's two links. I got to get these before they disappear. I miss these popping up. The magic of the internet. Ooh. Wait, which is the ghost ship? That is the ghost, the one with the the ship coming out of the water. It's the first one. There are, it looks like... uh, There's actually two. I see four ships. One of which looks well, there's like the ship I'm, there's the ship I'm on. Okay, there's five ships then. Yeah. Oh, is it? Is it okay? Is uh, the uh, no? What you're seeing? What you're seeing is the one you've got one ship coming at us at the left. Uh, okay, and the the one on the the three the ships right, on the right are actually one, that's, that's just one ship, ship and in profile. Okay, I yeah. had to embiggen the 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 picture. Yeah. And the other one is the Cthulhu cloud. Cthulhu cloud. Nice. Yeah, whoever did that water physics, man. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> I kind of like it that they uh they they put a lot of effort into the most important thing and then they cartoonified everything else. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. And you when you go under that water, when you go diving, that is a deep ocean. How how so? Like it It there's a lot of stuff down there to find. Oh, okay. You go yeah, diving. It's not, it's not like you're standing on the beach. It it you can you can swim and they and again they cartooned it all. It's what's so great. You can hold your breath much longer than you okay. can, but ah, uh, you can't stay forever because you'll start to run out of air. And but you, as as long as you start swimming back up to the ship, you don't you you still have enough air to get back up. You don't. You you can drown. Oh, okay. You can drown, but it takes doing. It takes paying not attention. But yeah, to your, if what you're saying is if when you start to drown, you head up, you'll make it. What what I'm really impressed with in this uh, the first 
photo, a uh, picture, photo. I, I'm looking at the water and I call it a photo. <laughs> if that tells you anything, um, is is the fact that there are a lot of clouds in the sky, and so you've got the the water close to the ship is in shadow, and then the water halfway out is in sun. Oh yeah, and, and it's night, like at night, moonlight makes the tips of the waves, yeah. the wave caps, translucent. I mean, you can look at it like real close to the ship, and and yeah, it looks like CGI water, but it looks really good. Yep, really they're, good. They're, it's coming along, and it's it's been an interesting study to me to watch how they evolve water and its physics and how it works. It's very cool. Weather is not easy. No. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm gonna go find where my family drifted off to. All right. And um. Thank you all. Please take care of yourselves. You too. Yep. Take it easy. Um, I have to go have some lunch because I've got a game. <laughs> What's your game? What you got? Uh, I'm playing Masks, which is teen superheroes. Awesome. And that's a, is that a Zoom thing? Or? I'll be on Zoom at one o'clock. Yeah. Awesome. Enjoy. Woohoo. See you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye.